thanks for joining us again. Listener request, Jared. Ray put us on to this Australian TV movie mm-hmm. from the mid-80s. It's called Fortress. I believe um, it was very hard to find. Um, we had some minor issues where yeah, it looked it's, like it's we're it's on the verge it. of being, having to pull out. <laughs> but uh, located one, well, yeah, if you could quickly learn how to speak Italian, we might have been... I've got a Duolingo and sort that out. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been all right. But we got it done. We got it done. So we will run through Fortress very soon. Uh, as far as what we've been watching, I have watched one thing since we last recorded. Good. Started the new season of Catching Killers on... Netflix. Yep, I thought you'd be straight on that. Jared, Netflix just seems to be... Like, the cases aren't that interesting. Hmm. Like, they're just not... Either that or it's... They're just not handled very well. I, I don't know. But but even this, this show, which I thought the first two seasons were okay, it's just dipped again. Just, it's, not as, it's not as interesting as I thought... I hoped it would be. There's only four episodes... Per season, which seems like a little bit under undercooked in the Netflix true crime area. I mean, normally they have fucking five hundred episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they want to keep you hanging around for as long. Well, as that's possible. a plus, isn't it? That's oh, no. <laughs> probably a good thing. Finally, not you know, not so focused on the viewer hours. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> but yeah, the hours of that I'm actually awake for is like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, not tracked. Unfortunately, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not bad, but not great. Yeah. Right. So. That was all I got to. I've been doing a bit of travel. Mm, mm. Good. Perth was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> My hotel uh, looked out onto a sex shop and a two-dollar peep show. So, ah, well, at least when you arrive, so you can safely say, "Oh, well, there's there's entertainment covered." I guess. <laughs> yeah. If I get a spare few minutes, <laughs> I've got a pocket full of gold. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you could go to the reception and say. Having to change some notes for coins for me. I wouldn't mind buying a packet of chili gum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, I'm break. going to the convenience store across the road. <laughs> I'll be there for a short period of time and I may come back looking breathless. Yeah, even though it's a short walk, I get tired very easily. I get puffed. So if I've got a bit of a red face when I come back. Currently, blood rushing to... <laughs> to the extremity, middle extremity. Oh, of God. Me. Okay, I, can't that's I... I can't imagine things would be rushing very quickly at the $2 peeps, but anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> the $2 peeps is just a... Fu- you know what? That's fucking false advertising. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right now, you're not getting a peep for two bucks. You're... <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's a curtain kind of goes... <laughs> and then it immediately goes... <laughs> <laughs> if you see a tit for 20 bucks, I'll be surprised. <laughs> I, wonder if they, uh, I wonder if the performers get paid in coins. To, <laughs> it's all a $2. It's all running on like the, you know, the whole reject shop sort of. A dollar pops out, they get 50%. Everything's $2. Oh, God. God, Jesus Christ. Yeah, but Perth was lovely. (laughs) (laughs) I bet it was. Sounds like you're in the ritzy part of town. Everyone else was staying in a much better part of town and I was fucking three blocks over on Skid Row. (laughs) 
Jeez, man, right. How I managed that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, it was, it was good fun. It was good fun. Excellent. Okay, so what did you what have you been watching? Because you've been on holiday, so fuck you. Well, yeah, I got a got a couple of uh, couple of days there. Where I mean, a couple of full moon features in this. Look, no, sure. it wasn't full moon features, but there was some <laughs> trauma, unfortunately. I don't know whether that's a good thing. I think I prefer full moon features. <laughs> you, it's not a good thing. <laughs> but. Uh, I finally worked my way through Toxic Avenger <laughs> 2, 3, and Part 4, Citizen Toxie. So, <laughs> let me tell you, that was I think quite we a... got to the bottom of the barrel. This is the bottom. Yeah. Well, 2 and 3, it's quite clear that they've shot them together. Because they use... They use <laughs> sometimes they use the same scene. <laughs> <laughs> So they've done them together. Two and three, look, there was a couple of giggles in there. It was more like the first one. Yep. By part four, fucking holy shit. I don't know if I <laughs> wasn't prepared for that. Part four, we start in a special school. So that kind of gives you the... Uh, the sense of where we're at. The sense of, you know, how far uh, Mr. Kaufman and crew are happy to push boundaries. I was fucking... I mean, I, mean, I, I knew about James Gunn's background, but I wasn't... Prepared for him to pop up doing a Stephen Hawking impersonation. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. So, yeah. Did he have anything to do with the production of the film? I think Writing. he was, yeah, I think he was involved at that point. Obviously, with, with Troma, you kind of, it seemed like if you were in one part of it, you are in every part of it. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. if you were doing something, you were doing, doing multiple Five jobs. bits and pieces. So, I think it was around the period where he was, you know, helping with scripts and hmm. directing and shit like that. So, yeah, I was fucking, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Like, How is the film? It's, it was pretty poor. I mean, all of them were pretty average. Could have done with a few more scenes of Toxie, you know, punching people in the nuts and things like that. Just a bit of slapstick comedy. But, yeah, I think by the fourth one, I was just like, shit, I don't know how far I want to watch watch you push tastes. Yes, so okay. It's kind of, fair enough. Yeah, it kind of goes in between these parts where it's kind of funny and then scenes like the first one where I was just like... Why do we? Why are we starting there? Like, what are you gaining from from punching punching down? <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. Yeah, it was a little little bit off, I thought. But overall, I still think the the idea's got legs. I'm looking forward to the remake if they're going to put a bit of cash into that. Still happening, isn't it? Isn't Peter, Arnie involved? Peter Dinklage. Arnie. Didn't they say Arnie was involved very early on? Did they? Yeah. Oh, shit. Then Arnie. I, I mean, that was about four years ago. So fuck. Yeah. Give Michael Jai White a call. Get him back involved. I'm sure he'd be up for was it. Was he in it? He was in two and three. Oh. He was one of the, was one one? Of the kind of henchmen. Yeah. Oh. So I moved on from that to... I went back to White Man Can't Jump. The original? The original? Or that original? fucking debacle? Well, that I, put I watched on the... the original and then I watched the new one. Oh, God. So, yeah. The original's all right. The original's still good. Yeah. Still, still, Still very good. Great performances, a little bit quirky too. I love the I love the angle of Woody Harrelson's misses trying to get on Jeopardy yeah. and the way it plays out is it's just very strong all the way through. Yeah. The new one, not so much. I mean it's it's more a it's funny that it's on Disney because the story has a few more elements that they try to clean up and happy ending and things <laughs> like that. And yeah. Jack Harlow wasn't bad at times. Hmm. I thought he's he's you know, getting for a few laughs were good. A couple of the side characters that are there just to drop a few lines and get a few laughs are okay. quite funny. Yeah. But overall, it's pretty poor. It's pretty average. So, 
I heard nothing but bad things, so I steered clear of it. Yeah, I would check it out. I don't think it's as bad. I think I was prepared for it to be really bad as well. But it was. Okay. I can't say it was. I can't say it was. It highly impressed me or anything. But no. it, I don't think it was. Like I saw reviews that just said it was fucking downright awful, and I don't think it was quite there. I think, especially, I don't know if you if you've got an interest in the basketball, it's that's what it's aiming at. The people that have that kind of interest in it so I think it hits the mark there occasionally but yeah it's not it's not good so, okay yeah and I got around to a Tubi original Adam <laughs> don't okay. ask me why is but the, now is this the one about the vampire yes okay great elevator pitch what was it called elevator pitch it was called captive okay <laughs> so the elevator pitch is these people bust into a home that they know to be vacant for the weekend and they find a Person chained up in the basement. That person very quickly, you know, it's not a it's not a spoiler because it says it in the fucking blur, but hmm. that person is a vampire. Hmm. So I'm like, fuck. Elevator, Elevator pitch, pitch. You got me. Gotcha. Was pretty average. As I said, they seem to go for so they go for people that have a bit of a name. You can find people that you've heard of. You know, one or two actors that you might have heard of. So in this case, it was Scout Taylor Compton and Brandon Fair. Okay. So they were in there. The rest of it's just, you know, actors that you've never heard of. One of them turned out to be Jim Jeffries' wife, actually. I'd never heard of her before, but I was just like... I just, you know, scanned IMDB and came across that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, couldn't say it was good. Again, just, you can see that it's cheap, that it's made very, very... Tight budget. Yep. Certain sequences play out quite nicely. There's points where there's like a party going on that lends itself to some stylish sort of violence and and whatnot that they're putting together. Okay. But overall, it was just... Shit. Just pretty average and couldn't really... Couldn't really fulfil the potential. I was thinking something like, you know, when when I read that, I was thinking something like Don't Breathe but with a vampire. Yeah. I thought, that sounds pretty cool, but that's not... What I, I should have known. It was but a Chibi original, so I can It was a Chibi original. Sort of I was circling yeah. another one or two, but I don't think I'll be digging too deep into it. Okay. I'll, I'll report back. And uh, the last one that I touched on, I don't know, don't ask me why, it was Rabbit Holes again, but I found myself on Chibi again watching Princess of Mars, which is Asylum's take on John Carter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. When I'm watching Antonio Sabato Jr.'s uh, version of John Carter and Tracy Lord's rolling out Deja Thoris, I just like I don't know. I just wanted to see how this stacked up. I don't know why. <laughs> it didn't stack. It didn't. It didn't okay. say it toppled over. Yeah, was Sabato Jr. like the fella in John Carter walking around shirtless? Yes. Was he rigged up? Yeah, yeah. Junior is still rigged up at 60. Yeah, yeah, I think he's... It was in about 2010. It was actually made before John Carter. Oh, really? Yeah, so Asylum, I believe they were trying to make it as a... Mockbuster. As a mockbuster to go with Avatar. But, you know, two or three years later, Disney, Disney's made John Carter, so I thought it would be fun sort of kind of comparison. Uh, no. I don't know whether they had to pay for it, because I believe John Carter's in the public domain now. The the, the first book or yeah. first couple of books are in the public domain. I'm not sure they were at the time. Yeah. So I don't know whether they had to pay for it, but, yeah. Basically, they use, you know, the old Vasquez rocks. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, the place in the LA yeah, yeah. that they just substitute for like Mars and oh my in god. Star Trek they use it quite a bit. They basically just shoot a bunch of it at Vasquez Rocks. Oh my god. Shoddy effects and costumes and I'll shit. I'll tell you what, Jared. I mean, that is a rabbit hole. That is a rabbit hole. Because I would never expect you to tell me that you watched an asylum <laughs> version of fucking John Carter. <laughs> I, didn't even like, I didn't even like John exactly. Carter, so I don't know why the I was doing it. The first thing I say is, what? <laughs> yeah, well, I can tell I you. I didn't even know there was an asylum version of it. In all honesty, I, I can sit there and honestly tell you, uh, 20 minutes in, I kind of just stopped and said, what the fuck's wrong with me? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> but then you went, bah, don't worry, I can see you, I charged on. Yeah, I think on. I did fall asleep at some point, yeah, so I'm going to kind of just go anything. back and fill that in, but yeah. You didn't miss anything, I'm sure. No, I don't think so. Is that everything? That's everything. All right. Now, I've got a question for you, Jared, because um, the Flash has tanked pretty hard mm-hmm. at the box office. I believe it has 70 percent drop off from its opening weekend which was only 55 million I mean Tom Cruise would not be happy with that. <laughs> I know Tom Cruise didn't drop 70 percent in his whole fucking run with yeah, Maverick yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was he was straight on the phone to Machete going what's happened yeah yeah like, I'll give you a bloody I'll give you a boost of what do you do to it yeah it? Fuck no it. it's dropped 70 percent it's fallen behind several films like Elemental and all that like Elemental hung on 30% it only dropped 30% so it didn't have far to drop no no, it didn't have far to drop but what I mean is it might actually have some legs yeah yeah. so unfortunately it's probably going to end up for the weekend I think fourth Mm. which is not good it is not so it costs 250 million dollars to make basically to break even they reckon it needs to jump at least 400 I think Mm -hmm. I think that's unlikely I would suggest it's probably unlikely. <laughs> so, taking into account that they kind of wrote this off, let's be honest, the new regime was coming in. They basically had no, no real interest in how this was, how this was going to play out, right? Yeah. So they just dumped well, it in the theaters I mean, and fucked off. James Gunn did to say it was one of the great comic book movies and all this sort of stuff. So okay. he was he was trying. He was trying to yeah. gather up something. But what I'm saying is the new regime's not responsible for this. So they're not going to go. They're quickly going to throw their hands up and say, "Well, it's fucking, wasn't that nothing to do with us? Yeah, well, it's not not, yeah. not what we put together. Yeah. So the idea is they're going to move on to newer things, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Sorry, I got two questions. What have we got? Like other than the Batman? Because the Batman sequel and the Joker. Yep. Well, I mean, what else is in the pipe? What's next? We've still got Aquaman. you got Aquaman. We've got the Aquaman sequel. Blue Beetle will be before What's that. What's Blue well. Beetle? So Blue Beetle's another, you know, lower tier piece. How much money has been spent on Blue Beetle? I don't think it's a lot. Well, as long as it's not much, I think you can safely say that's a reasonable bet. Because I can't see the people jumping through out of their skin to see Blue Beetle. Well... It does have something on its side in that it's it's going to be centred around like Latin American actors. Okay. So it's it's got that sort of. I like that some diversity and representation, which is good. Um, That's actually a good thing. And the trailer looks all right. Looks like a bit of fun. It's Zolo Maradona from uh, uh, Cobra Kai. He's he's going to be the lead role. All right. Well, while we talk about this, I'm just going to try and find out how much it costs. Well, it looks like so. I'm just checked it quickly. It says 120. Holy crap! <laughs> now, okay. So we're spending Shazam money on. Okay, Blue okay. Beetle. So hang on a second. Blue Beetle is part of the gun. No, no. 
Okay. That was already in the pipe as well. Okay. So, once again, they can easily wipe their hands off this one. Yes. Correct. But I, I would pencil Blue Beetle in as possibly being like a Shazam kind of okay. reasonable surprise. Okay, okay. Well, I've got to hope for a surprise because you're spending $125 million. Yes. And as you pointed out to me, you could have made The Flash for $120 million, not 250 I think you could have. I guess the, the, the effects, it's so heavy on the effects. And it's got to be, I, I guess, because, you, you know, every, they've always got to show this ever since... Quicksilver in the X-Men movies, it seems to be that you've just got to show everything at at um, slow motion to show that character. Yeah, I know. I get that. That's fast, mate, but surely you can work around that. Correct. Well, if you get a director with who's willing to take some chances, but the problem is it's not really the director's fault. As I said, let's go back is... to the John Wesley ship days and just get someone to stand still and fucking fast forward everything around them for the next 15 minutes. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty fucking good to me. If it's going to save me some money. I guess what I'm saying here is that you're moving on, but I don't hear a lot that says to me that we're moving into quality at the moment. No. There's so, nothing look, that jumps out to me. You've got a sequel to The Joker, which yep. I actually liked The Joker. You didn't. Well, well I mean, you had problems like it, with it. But I had a few issues. Yeah. I didn't think it was as good as... So I actually think a sequel to The Joker might be interesting. Yeah, I'm reasonably excited for that one. I thought The Batman was good, and a sequel to that would be worthwhile. Yes, which is also in the pipeline but hasn't started shooting or anything. Which, so, look, by that time, the you know, the gun... What's the other fella's name? Safran, Peter Safran, the gun Safran regime will be being well and truly held responsible for all this stuff. But I'm gonna, but no, but I'm gonna say this to Gun and Safran. Let Matt Reeves just do what he's supposed to do. And I think they're smart enough yes, to do that. Smart, be smart, because yeah. the Batman was well made and, and a yeah. quality product. Let yes. Matt Reeves do what he fucking is supposed to do and you'll get a quality product. And you got the sequel to Aquaman, I don't know. I mean, was Aquaman... 200, 200 plus, that cost. Was that was that much good, the original? I didn't mind it. Like, it was... Pretty, but again, are we talking about... It was silly, like, but it was good fun. But are we talking about something that's going to pull people in? Because that's where the issue lies. You haven't got any real quality. Well, I think it's been made clear by these recent DC movies, even the recent Marvel movies, that you can't just rely on people walking into a comic book movie anymore. Yes. It's like, got to be good. It's got to actually gotta, have something to get you in. Yeah. So I'm um, concerned that they don't have a lot in there that tells me people are going to flock to DC films. Well, after those ones come out, so I believe it's going to be Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle's next, mm. and then Aquaman will come after that. Then it'll be Foliage Jew. I think the Batman 2 will come around at a similar time to the first real James Gunn one, which I think is going to be Superman Legacy, which he's going to write and direct. Okay. Well, that's so he'll be. He's putting himself. The thing I like about it is he's putting himself right in the mix. Well, yeah, he's got to cop the brunt if it's no good. Yep. Okay. But to me, it just it, once again, it doesn't seem like there's a there's a plan. There's a plan in place. Well, they've announced you know five or six movies. Okay. Well, that's good. So, at least at the very I least, know, and I I know that they're going to do, they're going to allow the Batman to be going while they're going to make another Batman movie, which I think Andy Machete might be making. Oh. So I like the fact that they're, they're, they're saying, because I've kind of always said I've got no issue with these kind of... You can have your, your main continuity, but I don't mind if you make a movie that's totally separate to that, like just a fucking your own contained story, which, like, the Batman was, you know? 
initially that was going to be Affleck, but then when that didn't pan out, we made it as something different, and that was probably for the best. But but see, this is the thing that I and again, Marvel gets lucky, got lucky, but it seems like they have a stable of more recognisable characters. Well, they got lucky, but they also yeah, they, they, they also planned worked, well. Planned well. But they've got Iron Man, Captain America. Iron Man wasn't recognisable. Iron Man was was second tier. I know, but they've made them recognisable. But they've made them recognisable. Correct. Correct. So So what DC's got is it's got Batman and it's got Superman. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, they haven't made anything else recognisable. So they've they've done all right, like with Harley Quinn, for example. Harley Quinn, yeah. Harley Quinn was all right. But again, she's been sort of... she, she, She got... Screwed by a couple of films that didn't quite pan out as well as yeah. they could have. Well, two of the, for me, two of the three movies that Harley Quinn was in were pretty damn good. Yeah, but yes, two of them especially copped a bit of backlash. And I guess what I'm saying is, there's not a lot of other stuff for them to go to. Well, there so is. So I can see why you're going with double Batman. It goes film. back to it goes back to the same old thing. Anything, any of this shit can work if you have a good idea and yeah. you execute it well. Unfortunately, DC haven't managed to execute any of their second tier stuff well. But the wise choice is that they've gone to James Gunn, who made the Guardians of the Galaxy a fucking... You know, when that was announced, the majority of people, Didn't other than people was, that were yeah. really into Marvel Comics, were like... Who? Hmm. Like, I, at that time, I was reading comics heavily. Still didn't Not so much Marvel. I was more DC, but I had a, a knowledge of, of plenty of Marvel characters. At that point, I was still kind of like... Who are these guys? Who? <laughs> I think I may have come across them, but they weren't exactly on my on my radar. So he's he nailed that. And he can play... I think he's already announced... Uh, I can't remember which one in particular, but he's announced one of them where you look at it and say, all right, well, this is a, along a similar path. You've got characters that people aren't necessarily as strongly attached to that you can kind of play in the sandbox a little bit. Well, I'll tell you what. If I was going to give, if I was to give them some advice... Please do. Cut your budgets down. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Yeah. Wake up and smell the coffee. You need to make money. Now, yeah. you make money by not spending so much. Yeah. Okay? Well, the funny so if you're making is, the flash for 250 you should have your head red. Yeah. You look at something like Batman. You can get away with doing that on Bat- on Batman because like, that's you'll, the character you'll make, that's you'll make, make money make on Batman. Money. But... Even if it's shit. Batman is also a character where you look at and you, can, you say, well, you can tone down a budget on Batman because you don't need as many of the special effects. No. It's more grounded. It's yeah. more, yeah. you know, you do your crime drama aspects if that's what you're going to go to. Whereas through. your Supermans, that's where your it's budget starts to get a bit higher. Yeah. Green Lanterns. Fuck, she's gonna be a, <laughs> she's, you're gonna be throwing money at that, aren't you? Like that never you gotta have a whole fucking core. You gotta have a whole Green Lantern core that's gonna be fucking flying oh, around the sky oh, with their magic rings shit. and shit. Like unbelievable. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, don't spend so much money so you can actually build a little bit of, you know, goodwill. You, the movies are not being, they're not grossly over budgeted. Yeah, they're making a little bit of money. Even if they're not super critically acclaimed, yep. you're making money off them. You, so, have to, you have to dip one or the other. I'll tell you one thing that one thing that I am cautious with with the gun regime, and I'm, I'm I think James Gunn's going to do fantastically well as long as he doesn't pull out Stephen Hawking impersonation. Well, well clearly, if you're looking for a movie set in a fucking special school, <laughs> he's but the man to go to. He's starting with Superman. Okay, that's good. So I hope. Well, I that I'm cautious about that. No, oh. because Superman is for me. Superman's fucking hard to get right. Superman's a fucking wet blanket. <laughs> Superman's a wet blanket. He is a little hard to get right. I'm hoping what he's going to do is going to draw from 
existing stuff that's been done well. What I want is bring Nuclear Man in. Because yeah, that's really where you go. That's where things go well. Yeah. <laughs> maybe try to, you know, if we can get a Richard Pryor-esque comedian in there to fill a role. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. <laughs> Kevin Hart, Nuclear Man, bingo. Box <laughs> office gold. Box office gold. Um, yeah, yeah okay. look, it's, look, it's an interesting conversation to have because I feel like the Flash is... When they basically... This, this entire regime has thrown one movie in the fucking toilet... <laughs> An entire film that they made. Well, they threw a couple. I mean, Shazam 2 was treated like a... Yeah, okay. You know, <laughs> Shazam 2 was treated like it had fucking leprosy. <laughs> um, Batgirl was basically just cancelled. Batgirl was canned. Yet, yep. my understanding, Jared, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Batman, Bat, Batgirl had, has a Batman angle, because yeah. Batman was in it, so yes. Michael Keaton was in it. Yep. I believe Brendan Fraser... Was the villain? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, Firefly. So you've just so, so so you've got some like you had something to work with. The you Bogan, had something to work the with. Logan just won an Oscar. Like you could have fucking leveraged also, a bit off that. I mean, there was some buzz that some people that saw it said it was fucking unreleasable. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so there may be How do you go that. about making an unreleasable movie? Please, <laughs> <laughs> no, ask DC. But. I mean, that could have been someone from DC trying to fucking justify their position. You okay. never really know. But So you, 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 you treated Shazam like shit, you, you cancelled Batgirl, then you laid, you just you just dumped the flash out there. Yeah. A $250 million movie. They did you, kind of get behind that a little bit. They got a little bit behind I mean, it, but you not... you get Tommy Cruise on the phone. Yeah, but not deep the, enough. Like, yeah. it's one thing it's one thing to say that fucking T. Cruise told you it was a gem, but as you said... That should have been done a week before it was released. Yes. So Tom Cruise is telling you it's the fucking greatest movie he's ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) So so his fan base is going, fuck. If TC says it's all right, we'll go and have a look. Yeah. By the time it comes out, everyone's saying, what was that movie Tom Cruise was talking about again? (laughs) Fuck, I don't know. Well, we've moved on to him jumping off fucking cliffs. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Plus, they didn't get right behind it, Jared. Like, they didn't put the... I think you'll find they probably cut some of their their um, marketing budget. They probably said, "Fuck, we need to you know save a little bit of money here." Mm. So to me, you've they just, did, just... Uh, get Ezra Miller to front up at the premiere. Oh, great! So. <laughs> <laughs> what you, need. you know I that you call that supporting you. You know like. what Machete was saying: do not put a microphone under that guy's fucking nose. <laughs> yeah, right. So to me, I would have released it when it was ready months ago. Whether or not. Ezra Miller's bloody name was poison or not? Yeah. To me, of, that was look, the only time. There was a time. lot of circumstances, a lot of things. And I would have... I mean, Michael Keaton would have been doing press. Like, fuck. Yeah. That poor prick hasn't done this as well, much press as I would have forced him through. He didn't him do through. any. He didn't do any, as far as I know, because he was fucking filming something else. So he didn't do any. <laughs> Hang on a second. So you didn't even have, by the time you released it, you didn't even have one of your key guys that everybody wants to talk to. Correct. To plug the shit out of it. Correct. So ultimately, they let themselves down. But simple fact of the matter is, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm looking at this. How many films do they give James Gunn before they well, start fucking knifing the boat? About, he's put Superman as his first one. He's put the pressure right on. So, I mean, what? Have you got three pictures in him before someone starts knifing him? Well, it depends because Zack Snyder only got one until it, <laughs> <laughs> until they decided to start meddling and rush Batman and Superman out. So, I don't know. Look, different different leadership, different 
I would like to think they're going to be hands off and you'll get <laughs> two films before the money people start fucking blowing up and <laughs> meddling. <laughs> start meddling. Um, but yeah, he's put the, he's put the pre- he's put himself right under the pressure with Superman. So I hope he fucking knocks it out of the park and then earns himself a few pictures, Grace. Yes, because yes. we know he's got runs on the board, but they're not DC runs. They're bubble runs. <laughs> no. He's, this is his big, he's got big bash runs. Because yeah. <laughs> even, even the Suicide Squad at DC was probably a middling hit. Wasn't a fucking... Wasn't a, you know... No, it wasn't a huge hit. Didn't go gangbusters. But it was also COVID. So, for, for Marvel, he's hit a couple of sixes. And he's come into DC <laughs> squad and paddled away a couple of singles. He sneaked <laughs> one through the split for a two. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, um, if if COVID hadn't have created problems, I think you'll find Suicide Squad would have done, done a lot better. But the guy, apparently the guy running Warner Brothers now is, it's all about the cost and cutting the costs. So if they fuck up the first one, who knows? Who knows, Adam? <laughs> fucking... Who knows the most patient industry, is it? Like... No, no, no. All right, okay. Remember the guy that, who's, who was the guy that was running Paramount who, who had uh, Maverick in the can and got fired before that? <laughs> Jim Giannopoulos, is oh, that him? fucking hell. <laughs> Talk about... He got canned before Maverick came out. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> got you there. Imagine that. Oh, Jesus. I would have been, honestly, I would have been rocking up to work. You're your job. I would have been, been rocking up to work, standing out the front with the fucking papers, with the bloody, you know, the Hollywood reporter, or every time someone's walking in, the boss is walking in. How's Maverick going today? How's the, how's the box office today? Pretty good? <laughs> I heard it was all right. <laughs> I did okay for you, you fucking prick. <laughs> all right. Okay. So the, the proof will be in the pudding. Correct. Okay. But this is DC's third go at shutting down every time. Shit. It's oh, time. Marvel's pumped out fucking 40 movies. <laughs> before, before you know it, before you know it, it'll be the timeline will be as fucking muddled as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We'll have remakes and reboots. <laughs> and fucking, then, then, we, then we have a movie that ignores all those and goes into you know a direct sequel to the first one. Then we go back to the timeline. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. It's funny because and, and I, this is a slight tangent, but I was rereading Taking Shape. Yep. And as I read part of it and I began to laugh heavily and I look at things like this, I just think to myself, some of these studio execs know fuck all about anything. Yeah, yeah, some of them. They're just fucking idiots. Yep. Like, there was a bit in taking shape with us saying they they wanted to include... Some sort of virtual reality fucking uh, part of the Halloween franchise. Yeah, good. And I was just like, I, I had to reread it again to make sure that I read it properly. My favourite's always been the Planet of the Apes one, where they were doing the fucking Planet of the Apes remake, and one of the producers gave them a note about what about if the the apes were playing some game, and then the guy that you know the guy that's come into the planet. Adds the stick to it, and baseball, all of a sudden it's baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. What? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> okay, so let's get off that. Look, DC's got fucking two pitches to Albie. We can fucking Look, jam it up your ass. DC, I've got one. Fucking John Peters is still involved in Superman. Well, you fuck. I know. You'll <laughs> be asking for giant spiders again and all sorts of shit. <laughs> what? Yeah, what though? 
If you if, if I hear the words fucking DC have shut down and retooled again, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start laughing. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I, you know, I mean, Marvel's fucking retooling now too because of all the Jonathan Majors and the the oh the the TV shows and the movies not being as successful, so they're they're pulling back a little bit. But, but we'll see. We'll see. I think they're not retooling like DC retools. <laughs> Yeah, sack everyone and start over. <laughs> DC, they've got the fucking best toolkit you can imagine. Like all the retooling. But they had a fucking, they had a Sid Crime Spanner set. They fucking decided to throw it out for something from Aldi. Yeah, <laughs> One of those much. specials in the middle of the fucking aisle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, okay. Let's take a break. Here's the trailer for 1985's Fortress. All the money will come floating from the bloody sky. The terrorists. The children. The teacher. Players in a deadly game of hide and seek. Get out of the car, boy! Stay where you are! I'm getting closer! Don't run away! from 1985 directed by Arch Nicholson who directed another Australian piece of Ozploitation Jared called Dark Age I don't know have you seen that one? I haven't I know of it it's a crocodile one, oh yeah it? it's a crocodile moves very slowly mm. good it's written by Everett DeRoach who wrote Road Games and Patrick and it's based on the novel by Gabriel Lord it's produced by Raymond Mamur who produced Cat's Eyes, not the Stephen King one. This is C.A.T.S.Eyes. <laughs> it stars Rachel Ward as Sally Jones, Rebecca Rigg as Narelle, Asha Ketty as Sue, and Vernon Wills as Debbie Duck. Mm-hmm. The budget is unknown, and because it was a TV movie, there's no box office. I believe it was made by HBO, though. 
Yes. Interestingly enough. I think they stumped up half the cash. And I believe it actually was released in America first. Yeah. All right. The film is loosely based on the 1972 Faraday school kidnapping of a teacher in her class by Edwin John Eastwood and Robert Clyde Boland. Eastwood later escaped from prison and repeated the crime with another teacher in his class in 1977. The Faraday kidnapping was in turn a real-life copycat crime based on the scene in the Clint Eastwood film Dirty Harry, where Serpico, the Serpico killer holds a bus driver and several school children hostage. Now, there's another piece of trivia I wanted to bring up as well, based on the, the initial actress mm-hmm. that was approached. Because it was a film obviously made in Australia, but HBO were involved, American company... They actually wanted to cast a American actress by the name of Bess Armstrong, who I believe was in Jaws 3. Might have been Jaws 3. And they, because of Australia's... There was a certain only a certain number of overseas players you could bring into films and stuff, and they were quite... They were getting quite heavy on it. I believe if you watch Not Quite Hollywood, Jamie Lee Curtis talks about it when she did Road Games out here. Yes. So they said no. They couldn't use Bess Armstrong. So they actually got Sigrid Thornton, I believe, was initially cast in that role, but she was pregnant, so she had to pull out. So they once again went back to asking for Bess Armstrong to be in it. Again, that was cancelled. Rachel Ward was in Australia because she's married to Brian Brown. She's not an Australian. Mm-hmm. She's an English-born actress, but she was living in Australia. So that's how she ends up in the in the main role. So I thought that was interesting because, you know, the 80s, if you look at that Ozploitation stuff that was in Not Quite Hollywood, mm. you notice they were bringing in, like, actors from America or the UK to fill key roles and then f- making them Australia. Back. Yeah, Stevie Rails back. Fucking people were taking shit to the track, Jared. Um, Donald Pleasance, I believe, was came over at one point. You know, yeah. there was a there was always an international actor yes. in those films. So yeah. it's an interesting it's an interesting look at it because that was eighty five. It was around, yes. still in the middle of that period. And I believe by Jamie Lee Curtis's time, she said she was treated quite poorly, yeah. poorly because of it. Really, I mean, you actually had two Americans though there, yes. Stacey Keach, yeah, or um, Tom Atkins. Couldn't tell. However you slice it. Yeah, yeah, could not tell. <laughs> Gerald McGraney, even. <laughs> coach. <laughs> yeah, coach. Oh, that, was, that was fucking Craig no, T. That Nelson. was fucking Major Dad, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, was that right. Rainy McGrady? <laughs> Rainy was Major Dad. Now I'm doing it, too. Fucking hell. Craig T. Nelson was coach. <laughs> <laughs> Bring him over, Bring too. Bring shit together. Bring him over. Nelson's fucking asking too much. He's not coming over here. If you put a moustache on Nelson, he'd look a bit like McGrady, wouldn't he? I know, yeah. All right, Jared Fortress, 1985. Ray put us onto this. I believe there's a couple of podcasts about the original. Yeah, I listened to incident. one of them. It was about as actually about the second incident. Right, the one in '77. Yeah, in '77, yeah. Christ, this bloke likes to stick to his. Yeah, yeah. The one, I, the podcast I listened to was was speaking to. I think the guy. I may be wrong on this, but I think the guy was in his like in second week of teaching. Jesus Christ! Imagine got, getting that going got, on. Yeah, and that time it was. A little different, but the group got away again. But I remember they asked him at the at the um, uh, on the podcast how how did it um, go. Obviously, things were a little bit different back then. You did have the HR department looking out for you, you know, getting getting your sessions with the psychologist and stuff like that. And he was like, "Yeah, I, 
I got a week off or something that I was back in the classroom. So it's a very similar setup in that it was a, a small country school where it was a small number of students and they were across a bunch of grades because it was a place where, you, you know, you didn't have access to lots and lots of school choices and things like that. So, yep. yeah, it was, was quite interesting. Okay. So how would you feel about this one? I was actually very impressed. Mm. There's a lot of films from Australia around that time that are, that are actually quite good. You go back and look at them and you say, they're, they're fucking entertaining. They're very, mm. very good quality. Uh, I think I went to a three and a half here. It gets rolling very, very quickly, and I think the decision to focus less on the kidnappers for a large portion and focus on the dynamics of the group works really well. Hmm. And then so by the end of it, we're, we're kind of, you know, from the point where they go to the house onwards, she's pretty brisk. She she, she goes through at a, a good pace, and I thought they, they made some really really nice moves with, with what they decided to go with. So hmm. I think taking the inspired by angle certainly worked for them because they injected it with a little bit of almost like kids' adventure elements in Yeah, parts. yeah, certainly in that midsection. Yeah, and then towards the end of it, I know people have brought up stuff like Lord of the Flies and things like that. They get they go in that direction a little bit as well. Mm. But, yeah, overall, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. Three and a half. I went to a three, but I could easily be convinced into three and a half. Mm. Like, I, I, I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's quite robust for a TV f- movie. It's quite violent. Yep. And and it, it it dispenses that violence at the right time, so yeah, kind yeah. of grab you back in, like to really sort of shock you a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot in the way of character development, but the movie gets on the run quickly, so it basically just focuses on that incident. Yeah, you know, you don't need too much to to build the characters because kind of just showing them turn up to school and start the day yeah. kind of gives you a sense of how things operate. And how they, you know, a quick couple of minutes in the classroom gives you a sense of the dynamics of the group. Yeah. And they kind of bring out the ca- character development with those kind of changing dynamics in a couple of little moments. But as you said, it's not, they don't spend a whole lot of time on it per se. And with regards to Sally, they kind of just use that one sequence where she's watching the train go past. And she's kind of looking as if she wants... Because it kind of feels like she wants to leave. Yeah. She wants to get out of there. Yeah. But they don't sort of look into it any further. Yeah. But there is no need to because the fucking captors are already in, on deck after about 10 minutes. Yes. It's basically the 10-minute mark so that they come in. You, there's no point in asking what, whether she wanted to leave or not. Now she's in the shit, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I appreciated that. And I think overall well made yeah well made thriller that predominantly works well yep Everett DeRoach he wrote a lot of good shit yeah he did yeah. he did write The Fed's Seduction which was <laughs> okay <laughs> which was fucking awful right but for the most part in that exploitation period he was cranking out some good stuff yeah 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 very very handy writer oh, yeah. so overall I think it's pretty good yeah I would agree alright straight into the likes but I actually think Rachel Ward is quite good in the role. Yeah. And it's surprising because, not surprising, but primarily she was somebody who was in, I mean, her looks were her, you know, were a key part of her. And she is a very striking looking woman. Mm. And I, But I actually like the way that strikes off the fact that here's this really you know, good looking woman who's now put in the, in the deep shit and had to sort of fight for a life type of thing. 
So I think it actually kind of works to have that. And she is good. Mm-hmm. I think I think she does a really good job. I tell you what, fucking hell, I'd have I would have done some fucking screaming in that classroom. I mean, I'd have done some yelling, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> like that classroom is <laughs> was a zoo. <laughs> It was. I mean, she is under the pump from minute one. I'm not going to lie. I did look at it and say, geez, I'm questioning some of her teaching strategies here. I think I'd I'd be putting a few different things in place. Yeah. Uh, Even then, I'd probably still be doing some yelling. (laughs) But yeah, it's. uh, I think she she does well, and it's it's good casting too because they start to play off this. You know, her authority in the classroom versus what that means when they're in the shit. Yeah. And I think that's one of the strong, strong parts of the movie. And the fact that she has to rely on the kids. Like, some of the kids have skills out there. Yeah. When they're in the, when they're actually in the wild. Yes. Yeah. A couple of her kids that she kind of felt were a bit naughty, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Come to the fore. Well, she outright says a couple of things to them and then has to go not go back on them but you you get a sense of she understands well fuck that's that's what we need yeah at this point but yeah I'll come back to that later because I've got a, I've got a few few things to say there okay I enjoyed some seeing Sean Garlic pre-football career pre-pies pre, pre <laughs> one of Australia's most successful pie makers exactly so, yeah. <laughs> ha- reasonably handy actor yeah no, he was good especially as a kid too because I think he did do some roles while he was playing football he did stuff. Yeah. Cop roles and Cop the like roles. on him, both sort of roles. Like, no, nah, he was he didn't do a lot of heavy duty acting no. when he was playing. Well, film. you couldn't when you're running around on the when you get your ass kicked <laughs> South Sydney <laughs> in the nineties. <laughs> a little bit harsh, but the man makes a good pie. Well, the guy was fucking cracking out pies, mate. If there was anything like that guy had a slasher, yeah, which yeah. I'm sure we found a tooth or two in. <laughs> now, let me tell you, I had a read about Carlos pies. They've fucking gone from strength to strength. Oh, yeah, I know. They've shut down. They've shut down the the actual shops Stores, yeah. selling pies because they're pumping out so fucking many to every fucking supermarket. Yeah, in the exactly, country, exactly. But. Hey, mate, Garlo's no fucking idiot. Garlo's, yeah, Garlo's. <clears> it's very pretty well clear that Garlo was at a reasonable head for business. Like, yeah, as yeah. far as footballers who, who he didn't go into, you know, like the media or anything like that. Yeah. So he yeah. finished his football career, and, and look, Galo was a solid footballer. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. a well, representative was, player or yeah, anything like that. Reasonable football. You don't play a hundred and sixty odd games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you're not you're doing. talented enough. Yeah. But it's pretty clear he was a pretty good businessman. Yeah. yeah. So he's done very well. Very well. But and and look, he's very handy. The cast, it's the casting as a whole, I feel kind of. The kids aren't too bad. Yeah. Initially, they're a little bit grating, but I feel like it's kind of like something like the Babadook. They're kind of like giving Supposed you, to be yeah, a they're, bit. they're giving you the understanding of the the dynamics and the atmosphere. They're just putting you in the shoes of a teacher, mate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was expecting you to roll out one of those TVs and go watch. <laughs> Watch a couple of movies there. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, yep. We're watching who? Now shut the gob. <laughs> and we're going to be watching it again after lunch. So. Yeah, like it or not. Yeah, I, look, yeah. I, I like the fact that the whole idea of Sally is that she has that authority in the classroom. Yep. She's supposed to have, 
and they, they look to her when they're in trouble um, and she doesn't quite have all the answers. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. have all the answers and she doesn't always deliver. Yes. But she she still kind of keeps it together. Yep. For the most part. And I think that that's, you know, there's some tough, it's a tough, it's a tough role to sort of capture and I think she does a really good job of it. Yeah. Very good. Especially the gunmen and their masks. Oh, yeah. The masks, does that. the masks look really good. Yeah. And they use them to good effect by, you know, not showing their faces and, like some of, I don't even think you, you don't even see Vernon Wells' face at all. No, yeah. you don't. No. So yeah, they use that his head to add up. The t- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Remove his mask was still on. <laughs> <laughs> they use the they use that to to ramp up the tension a little bit and yeah, as as I said, especially in the scene in the house where he starts going on about don't use fucking names and all that yeah. sort of stuff and then gets him to set up a table and yep. they start eating but trying to eat with the faces. I also love that shot of when, when the first guy appears directly behind her in yes. the window. Yeah, very good. At the um at the school. And it was quite surprising because I didn't expect it to kick off there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was expecting a bit more sort of you know, <laughs> a bit more of the teacher fucking oh. yeah, pull her fucking hair out, and, go, oh God. and you know, break it out a bottle of fucking scotch. And <laughs> I have to uh, look. This isn't a, a big like or anything, but I couldn't stop laughing. I don't know why, but at the breakfast table, you know, the early scene with the family, yeah. The dad had a bit of a familiar look to him, so I was half expecting him to fucking stand up and start going, What is the charge? <laughs> Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? In the middle of breakfast? You think he looked like that guy? I thought he looked like that guy. I thought mum was going to say, Would you like a sausage? Get your hand off my penis. I was expecting it to say, And Jack Thompson in the car. <laughs> he looked a bit like JT. Um, yeah, but quite funny. I don't know. That that made me laugh. I just I saw the the bristling mo and the kind of haircut. Yeah, he yeah. kind of looks like that guy getting dragged out of the restaurant. I believe that guy had some background in drama. I think. Yeah, he did. In the end, he did a bit of acting in jail. That's a nice headlock, sir. I see you know your judo well. <laughs> this is democracy, madam. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the backstory for that was he was getting dragged out of the Chinese restaurant because he'd been using other people's credit cards to pay at that Chinese restaurant for a long time. Oh, had he? Because oh, right. uh, I remember people saying, oh, he hadn't done anything wrong, and then I read an article. I was like, the guy was a fucking scumbag. Yeah, yeah he was a lifelong... Uh, yeah. well, he'd been in and out of prison quite a few times by then. As I said at the st- um, earlier on, that first five or ten minutes just sets the atmosphere of what it's like to be in a... A school in the bush. Yeah. You know? Well, the the outback setting itself, yeah. like where they show, you know, the family on the farm, they show them walking to the school and yeah. the fact that she's fucking staying with them. And yeah, yeah. It kind of reminds me of, like, the way, like, Stephen King uses kind of small-town rural settings that are just, you know, it's it's not really out of the ordinary, but he manages to find things that are fucking scary about it. Like, you watch that first ten minutes and you're getting the sense that... As with a lot of places in, you know, really remote Australia, you, you, there's fucking nothing around. Like, yeah. You're on your own. You, you, if you get in the shit, you're I also had to have a laugh of her having a shower and then mum turns the fucking tap on at the, <laughs> <laughs> the front and you lose power. You lose that seat. Then you turn the mum. That shit off. You turn the back on. fucking scalded. Like in our house, all you'd hear is. <laughs> 
people banging on walls and shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember, yeah, I, I remember yeah. like, you'd, you'd pick your spots. You'd think, oh, nothing's going on. And then the fucking, <laughs> the second you got the shit, like, mum kicks off the fucking dishwasher, and then the, the washer goes on. She does a fucking pile in the... <laughs> in the fucking sink at the same time. Like, favourite one. Honestly, I'd be sitting there, I'd be in the bathroom screaming like, really? Like, I fucking... Like, no one was using any if tap. I, if I, I had a shower in. at like three o'clock, mum would start making dinner. <laughs> no doubt about it. Like, exactly. We were making a fucking... We were, we were doing a slow cooker. <laughs> yeah. So suddenly everything tap in the house is on. Yeah, we're cooking on the barbecue, but I'll turn every fucking tap on anyway. Well, I always used to think, you know, I got to the point where I'm like, she's doing this on purpose. I've been in for a minute and a half and she's thinking, oh, fuck, I've got to pay for that water. So, <laughs> Yeah, get out. <laughs> I, yeah. I, this is one thing I think the film does really, really well. There's a palpable sense of dread the whole time. And what I mean by that is you've got a, a female teacher and a small group of children of differing ages, some of them female. Yeah. And the the gunman makes some early comments about gangbangs and stuff. Yes. And I'm, I'm immediately like, you're on edge. Yeah, These guys, yeah, you don't know what they're going to do. Yep. You don't know how they're going to operate. And then there's always that sense of, like, they may attack either her yeah. or... The older girls. Yeah. Well, you've got you've got the older girl, which is an, an interesting, as you said, you, you really ramps up the sense of danger that you're feeling. Hmm. Then you've got the young kid. I don't want to say they're kind of fucking saddled with him, but he needs constant fucking support. Reassurance and, and support, reassurance. Yeah. Then you've got, you know, a few of the others. You've got Derek. <laughs> Speaking of pulling your hair out, oh. Derek. So Derek, the get dynamic your in the fucking group. ass in the water, mate. <laughs> the dynamic <laughs> in the group is really, like, it works really well. And she's trying to, like, Put out spot fires and fucking like even though when they get you know when it's they differentiating get, mate you gotta you gotta fucking work with everyone yeah well, <laughs> yeah they put them down in like that hole yeah 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 and then they make a move and they find a, an, an escape route yeah and she, you know things are starting to look up like yep. we, we, we're we're going to get out of this yes and so what happens is she's putting out spot fires and trying to make sure everyone's okay but all the while also looking for a way out yeah and so you know the tensions. Mounting, yeah. Because we know that we're not done just yet. Correct. We're only twenty five minutes in. Yeah. Like, well, so that's we're not right. going to walk out of there, and that's not going to be the end of it. No. So I appreciate the fact that they, it kind of has her trying desperately to make everybody happy and make sure the kids are all okay, but also telling them to shut up. <laughs> A couple of times telling people to shut up. Yes. Yeah. You know, I like that. Adam, I'm surprised you didn't bring this one up. But uh, did you notice in the classroom she uses the word capricious? Yes. <laughs> it's capricious? And well, it was, uh, yeah, Your flyers are there. me, I have to say this seems capricious and arbitrary. Your flyers are <laughs> I was hoping we were going to get something like that in the classroom. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they, I, they use a lot of cool things, though, in the hole. Yeah. Well, I was, I was just about to say, I think when they're in the hole... That's where you get a bit of that kind of adventure yeah. flick vibe to it. You watch it and you're almost like, it's it's like a kid's, it's got a, an aim at a young audience. 
briefly there. Yeah. Like it, it kind of balances that quite well. You get these moments where the kids are kind of... Well, they make the lamp out of the can and everything. Yeah, they make the lamp out of the can. And I think that's in the cave where they're going all the way through to, you know, the pool and getting out. That's where Sid really starts to kind of... Yes. You know, Stamp his authority he, on knowing... Well, his, his knowledge of the outdoors and the bush which she has kind of dismissed at times. Like, you know, when she talks to him about the animals and says yeah. they're not all here to be killed and, you know, yeah. or whatever, she starts to get the sense of he's... I'm not in charge because this kid knows his shit out yeah. here and he does too, which kind of shifts things a little bit and shows that, look, her authority doesn't really stand out here because she doesn't really know what she's doing. She's got a sense of how to keep the kids in check. And it's, it's funny because they end up working kind of side by side. Yes. Like, he doesn't just fucking take charge. He 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 leads when he needs to, but there's still a couple of moments where she says, no, nah, I'll do this. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's that was a really interesting kind of part of the movie. It's an interesting dynamic that they explore. Yeah. And I think that that's a good thing because it kind of showcases, again, like, that... She relents in the end yes. to the fact that he is—he has a heap to offer here. And Correct. I need, to, I need to lean on that a little bit. And in the biggest, you know, in the it, under the highest pressure, she goes with what he fucking starts talking about. You know, the rabbit. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, the, the blind spot. Yeah, directly in front of them. And she goes with it and yeah. kind of, you know, steps to the side a little bit, but does her job of okay. Well, I know how to look after the young. Kids yeah. in this scenario. So there's a couple of moments in there that are really good. The um, the way she talks to the little girl about, or the little boy, the one who needs all the help yeah. about how we're going to play a game. Yeah, and yep. that's how we're going to get you know, to take a deep breath and count to whatever. Then we're going to go under, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yes, yeah. Um, that all works out really nicely. Yep. There's quite a bit of tension when she kind of gets caught under there. Yeah, yeah. And she comes up just enough room to take a breath. All that stuff was really well done. Yeah, yeah. And garlic comes fucking steaming yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. He, he like, scoops her up. Yeah. Well, I'm, a, I'm a great swimmer, and yeah. so is he. We're going to do this. Yeah, like, yeah. And that's right. And, and he comes through and takes the little girl off her. Yep. When she's stuck. Yep. So that and that's where we built. We start building that stuff, and it and really, really works out well. I thought he was going to say, "I got pies for yeah, everyone." I, got, <laughs> I, got, I got pies. Here, I boy. did have a fucking laugh though when he goes, <laughs> where he takes the matches. Yeah. He goes, "Yeah, mum's sandwiches are as dry as the Simpson Desert." <laughs> <laughs> Puts them on the sandboat, and I'm like, yeah, I can relate. I had a few lunchbox items that were not. I had some lunchbox items that I stuffed underneath the fucking demountables (laughs) because they were not good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you knew if you brought it home, you were going to get it. What's wrong with that? (laughs) Why did you eat that? Exactly. It's funny because I think I think that back to myself, and then when my son brings something home, he's like, "I'm like, what are you doing to me?" Yeah, but yeah, what you didn't give your son a packet of sultanas. <laughs> and I, 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 I yeah, I'm gonna come to. I'm gonna say this right now. Who the fuck eats a packet of sultanas? <laughs> I don't know, but I got red tea for a while. <laughs> no, the good thing about sultanas was they would they would squash nicely under deep <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Well, they were fruit related, so they break down these <laughs> fucking packet sultanas. Where's those chocolate sultanas? I might consider it. <laughs> that company was rather the biggest fucking scam on parents. No motherfucker ain't no sultanas. (laughs) (laughs) Yuck. (laughs) I love the reintroduction of the the kidnappers at the house. Yep. 
That was Can one we of the just use your things. phone and then the door pulls back a little bit and there's yeah. there's Santa Claus standing there. Yes. And then the old lady says, I'm sorry. You know, I'm so I'm sorry. And that shit that's where things get to start to ramp up with them because obviously they're clearly unhappy. Yeah. That they've lost they'd lost control of them. Yes. And I mean look, it was predictable because oh, yeah. there was one house in, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. And as you said, you looked at the time and you're like we're we're forty five in. <laughs> still Something else has got, got to happen. It was predictable, so it was predictable but it still worked. Like the scene was really craftily shot. I thought. Like, yeah, and did some good things in there. You know, the reaction from everyone is that you know, fuck, we've just been you know, like we we, we thought we were out. Yeah, yeah, yep. So I think it plays really well on that front. The old man's death. Yeah. That was out of, like, not out of nowhere, yeah, but yeah. just kind of really kind of ramps the stakes up because they've, to this point in time, they haven't hurt anybody. Yeah, yeah, they that's right. They've, they've done a little bit of light threatening. Yes. But they haven't done anything to hurt anyone. You didn't get the sense that it was going to be like that, to that level. I mean, they just blow that bloke away. Yeah, yeah. It does the, the wife says, oh, he's bloody, he's ill. You can't send him outside. Then, <laughs> I don't have to worry about that yeah, now. Yeah. He's not he's not ill anymore. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's fucking... He got over his bloody cataract. His stomach's now. blown out. Um, but, yeah, like, as you said, that escalates to a point where you weren't sure it was going to get to. Yes. And it packs so, quite a punch. Like, it kind yeah. of... But also they do a, a nice... Another really crafty little piece is not long after that and they're all taken out into the back shed. Yeah, yeah. You hear the woman scream and followed by... Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's pretty clear they killed her too. Yes. So now we've... now we've And, and it's we've reached that point where the, the, the villains have nothing to lose. Yeah. They have... We and have her, just committed murder. Her, um, her questions from the kids start going from, oh, you know, we're going to get something to eat soon to, are they going to shoot us yeah, yeah. every hour? So suddenly she's got more... To deal with. Yeah, and you can see her, you can see the cracks a little bit, but you also see, as we said, like a couple of the couple of the kids kind of start to use the skills that they have and, and kind of go to a level that you weren't sure they were going to go to either. Because she breaks down in front of them. Yes. And I think it's kind of like important that that's in there. Yeah. Because yeah. once again, she's not superhuman, she's not unflappable. Yeah. I don't think that was uh, that she was worried she was in any danger. She was sitting there going, oh, fuck, I still haven't planned tomorrow's lesson. Oh, God, what are we going to do? I didn't hire the copy of fucking Hoot from, you know, Barrigan. I didn't change the batteries in the fucking remote control. Shit. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was... uh, I don't know. If I was a teacher out there, I probably would have said those blokes just fucking shit me. <laughs> <laughs> How about you run the class, you fucking knob? No, it's one of the best sequences, like one of the best stretches of the movie. Like there's yeah. the minutes from when they arrive at the house right through to where they leave that shed and then it kind of doesn't, like it doesn't really slow down from that point but that stretch in particular was yes. a real nice. And I like the way they kind of entice one of them in there and then knock him out. Yeah, yeah. And then he accidentally shoots the little boy, so suddenly we've got another wrinkle that we've got to deal with. We've got to yeah. ca- carry him yeah. out of there. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know how he got shot in the shoulder. <laughs> I, think, I expected him to have his fucking head blown <laughs> yeah, off. I literally was, <laughs> I literally was gone he for was sure. Right. You were right in the fucking firing line there, mate. You are very lucky. Yeah. But, yeah, again, I mean, that bloke was pretty fucking stupid. I <laughs> we know. Got of, got a couple of chocolate biscuits for you. <laughs> oh, well, shit. That's how you'd get me. If <laughs> you said, we've just opened a packet of um, TV snacks, I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah. I'll put the gun down this fucking. Dig into the. I can't have a gun in my hand because I need to double fist the fucking <laughs> TV stacks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of those blokes, Jared, that I had like a 50 50 split. <laughs> I was double fist, so I've got 60 40. <laughs> and then, I mean, my wife's got to the point where she's counting them out. She's like, <laughs> You're like, you greedy bastard! You always fucking eat the all. I don't bother counting. I just buy a box for myself. <laughs> yeah, I buy two boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. too. And then my favourite thing to do is when they have a, a responsible <laughs> snack and put the rest in the cupboard. I'll go and finish that one too. <laughs> so yeah, I think that would be the perfect plan. Oh, Lay a trail of fucking, no. a trail of a trail of malt sticks to the, <laughs> to the seat in there. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or the two dollar peeps in here. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. We've got two dollar peeps on. <laughs> and you know I need both hands for that. <laughs> <laughs> I have not got time to hold a gun. No, you need two hands for that to carry all your coins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know what, Joe? That, that, from then on, things really ramp up. Yeah. And I feel like, directorially, they get a lot of mileage out of the the dark and that. Yes. Like, the, 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 when they're on the run through the, the, fo- the, the, the bush... Away from it, it's all foggy and shit, and, you, and you're not quite sure who's coming. Like, they do a couple of times where Sean Garlic and that come out of the nowhere yeah, and, and yeah, scare yeah. her because yep. you're not sure it's, if it's the bad guys or not. And that's yeah. when they come across Vernon Wells, Sands Head. <laughs> he, he'd be uh, he'd be lured. He was a gaiety. Cut off a couple of caramel crisps. <laughs> but uh, I only recognised it was him because he had a mesh singlet. On. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and a leather right. jockstrap. <laughs> <laughs> his fucking, fucking slovenly gut was hanging out, yet he was threatening Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> but, but all that stuff's really good. And again, it comes back to that whole thing where Sean Garlic talks about the rabbit. Yes. And the fact that their blind spot is front on. Yeah. So basically, we just come at these pricks head on and we we try and take them, up, take them out. I wonder if Garlo sells rabbit pies. He probably does. He obviously knows how to catch them. Oh, he them. knows how to catch them all right. Yeah, no, but that... That, that atmosphere in the woods really is great. Like, it's just... It's really, really well done. Yeah. And as I said, you've got the little kid who's injured, and she's carrying him, so she's now hindered. She's got to rely on Garlic and Co. Yep. Because she needs protection while she carries the kid. So it really works. It, it really works well. Yep. Very much so. I really like the bit where they, they settle down for the night in the cave. Mm-hmm. And then they come out and they find the... You see the Father Christmas? 
mask mm. and she shoots it and then you hear him cackling and shit and threatening them out in the bush yeah. and echoing around the place and again good use of the environment yeah loved it like yeah. and by this stage you know now we start to see although I love the way they shoot bottom half yeah. Even though they've got no masks on, they shoot a lot of hit, their bottom halves, like their legs and stuff, until we finally kind of show show who they are. Yep. The last two, I think, we show their yes, faces. Yes, the faces, we do. And it just, the finale just goes into the whole set and traps and basically, you know, what, what does he they, they, I think he says, you know, or she says, we outnumber them four to one. Yeah. We yep. don't get out of here unless we kill them. Yes. And I think, you know, you see the desperation and you see the... I don't know, like, there was points of it where they kind of... Almost felt like a kind of mix between, like, the old Evil Dead kind of suiting up scenes and a little bit of Home Alone where they're kind of getting the traps ready. And I was kind of like, oh, I'm not sure how this is going to play out. But when they get there, they don't kind of hold back on the the violence and the kind of brutality of it. And especially when the last bloke fucking trips, lands in the fire, and they fucking just... They just vlog the shit out. Absolutely, yeah. But I also like to... She tries to walk one of them into the trap, and it misses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It swings down but doesn't hit him. Yep. And then she wrestles with him, and they fall onto the stakes. Yes. And thankfully he falls first. He falls first, yeah. Really good stuff. And you're right, the base instincts at the end where they just go off... But then it leads to the ending, which I really liked. Oh, yeah. You get the fucking... The cops, Terry Donovan. Yeah, well, they talk about, like, you know, that essentially they're kind of dancing around. You took his fucking heart. Yes. And then we get the shot of the fucking heart in the... And I love the the fact that they don't don't kind of expressly explain that no like because we just saw those all the cops rolling up and they're in the group you just hear oh they took a trophy sort of like we did yeah and then you kind of I love the way too he walks her in and then she the the kids fucking just follow and they just surround them yeah yeah and it's kind of like this whole like protection thing yeah yeah we are now they're fucking just closed in in this little group and they're gonna they're gonna make sure they all we've get also lost it, lost the plot slightly slightly yes you know, we, we, yeah we've we've gone to our base instincts and we've killed people and yeah, now yeah. we're we're not capable of dealing with that mentally a little either. sense of you know that it, you're never really the same after something like that happens yeah and, um, and then I love the way it just cuts over and you just see the heart in the glass case yeah and it starts going boom boom, boom. Yep. you hear the boom boom boom, boom. yep I really liked that. I thought that was great. Yeah, really good stuff. And it's a really, really cool way to end it. Yes. And I wasn't expecting it. And I think that's where the strength of doing something like saying this is based on this incident. Yeah. Not actually going the dramatised retelling of the incident gave them the licence to do something like that. Yeah. And I think it was an excellent move. In terms of a film like this, it, it really worked. And again, the dynamics... Of her first, when we first see her in the classroom to when we see her again, when it's over. Yeah. She's reading the book and everyone's happy and comfortable. And then when she talks to the cops, she's kind of got this kind of like. There's kind of like a grin. Yeah, yeah. She knows that they, they know something, but they don't know enough to do something about it. Yep. And to me, what I got out of it was. This, this group is bonded together. 
Yeah. She she is their yeah, leader. She is their leadership. Yes. And they're, yeah, they've they've kind of they will do it. for they, they will listen now. They will they will do whatever. Yeah. yeah. She says absolutely. But you also get you know that she's kind of. There's a trust amongst yeah. all of them that she knows that these kids, especially like it's so funny uh, in a contrast to the opening scene mm. when, as you said, it was like a zoo in there uh, to almost like fucking Children of the Corn kind of. Somewhat, yeah. Yeah, the way and the kids um, come in when the cops are talking to her, yeah, yeah. it's very Children of the Corn-esque. And I also go, like, get oh. the little flashback to the walk to school where the kids fucking, he spits on the possum or whatever yeah. it is. yeah. And then you think about the guy that they killed. Mm. Essentially, you think back and like that's his body. Basically, yes. they're fucking just taking it to the next level. That the humans are just animals, and yeah. we're kind of, you know, what they had to do was almost, you know, they're, they're with those animal instincts, those base instincts, as you kind of mentioned, yeah. to survive it. Yeah, and I really dug it. I thought the the, the back thirty minutes is exceptional. I reckon that that's that where it really ending, comes up. Especially the last ten or so. Yeah, the last last half hour is excellent. As I said, that sequence in the middle on the farm onwards and then the last ten minutes or so where they finish that guy off and then have the police questioning, I reckon I got an extra half star just Yeah, yeah. It's really, really strong. Little sequences really strong. there. And not quite the way I expected. No. Like I didn't expect that. Yeah. I expected it was just a survival tale. Yeah. It's quite unique in that sense that it is very it does very closely mirror some of the, the real Incident, yeah, but they take this license and and add a Lord of the Flies element yeah, and from a, a few from other a things. Narrative perspective works really nicely. Yeah, agreed. Did you have any other likes? No, that was pretty much it. I mean, I could go back and do some more fucking impersonations from the bloke out of <laughs> the Democracy Manifest video. Democracy like. <laughs> Manifest. Don't touch my penis. Ah, oh, there you are, sir, waiting to receive my lip. Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good classic. times. Eh? That is, it never gets old, that. Eh? Oh, okay, brilliant. the dislikes. The music is terrible. Yeah. Terrible. There was particular it's very intrusive, where it was really intrusive. And they use it in, like, add it to sort of almost like sound effects. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't seem to change. It's, it's almost always a fucking blaring Casio keyboard oh, sort yeah, of sound. Yeah, like. fucking Harold Fultemeyer fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about that. Yeah, but it kind of sounds real tin <laughs> <laughs> Um It sounds kind of tin pot. Yeah, like it's just. There was points of... where I liked it, but there was also other points, as I, you know, as you kind of pointed out, where it did feel really over the top, like mm. in, in truth. Very overbearing. I said before, and I don't know this. I put this in the dislikes only because you don't really know them. You don't know much about Sally. No. She's a character who kind of, yes, she's changed a little bit by the end, but it's not. Because we don't know a lot about her, other than the fact that it kind of felt like she wanted to leave. Yeah. Because she was quite har- harried in the in the classroom and all that. Yes. And, you know, she kind of, she's very cold in that opening Moments at the house, you know, yeah. she's not particularly. But in the in the long run, I, I don't think that hurt the movie no. too much. But the more right, I think like, about it, it doesn't because it's more about the incident. And you get it in the in the, the the interactions in the group. You get enough that you need for the story. Yeah, I guess you're right. We probably could have done with a little more from her and interaction with the kids early, rather than just mum fucking scolding her in the shower and all that sort of shit. But yes, I, I get what you I get what you're saying there for sure. Tommy. 
pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. I mean, if the the fucking gunman I mean, hadn't have shot him in the first five minutes, I would. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I would pay to see you in a classroom for a day. I would fucking. I think that would Tommy, be Tommy, you're a fucking pain in the ass. Now get down the back. <laughs> I also. Uh, Derek. Oh, Derek. Derek. <laughs> Derek has some problems. There was, a, there was a point where it's like, Derek, look, in the classroom I'm trying to work with you here, but we're out in the bush in a fucking survival situation now. I need you to cut the shit out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get your fat ass in the gear, because this is not going to go well. I am not in the best of moods right now, mate. No. But, yeah, look, a couple of the kids were a bit grating. I felt like that was done purposefully to build up her kind of frustrations yes. that were there yeah, at the yeah, start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we turn that around, we twist that, we, f- we flip it when we're out on, in the bush. Yep. And it, that works for Sean Garlic's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's not as he's not as much of a pain in the ring. <laughs> yeah, but from, from Tommy him, and Derek, it flips to where you can see that Sally doesn't value what he's got to offer. You know, yeah. he's talking about shooting the fox and how he's really excited about it and all that sort of yeah. shit. Well, that doesn't matter to her until we yes, need to fucking... Yeah. We need to hurt someone. Yeah. I liked that from that perspective. I think uh, this may have been for the HBO audience, but the very initial breakfast with the family, just me, or were they ramping up the Aussie kind of vibe over the top? The highlight for me was when his brother rolls out. What does he say? Oh, Derek bought a possum for the science table, and Christ, was that on the bugle? I was like, (laughs) like, (laughs) okay. Not everything we say is like that. Has gone way over their head. Christ, Um, was that on the bugle? uh, But then I saw the science table, and I thought, fuck, that must have been on the bugle. (laughs) Look at it. You got fucking the heads of show and tell. Don't bring me fucking roadkill. You know what I mean? It looked like all of it was that. Like, science doesn't just involve dead animals. Like, I mean, yeah. you could bring a plant and sit it on there and you're still talking about science. Yeah, there's a scientific involvement in that. But, yeah, oh. there was fucking dead dingoes' heads and shit. Jesus Christ. But, again, that might have actually been playing into their base instincts oh, later course, on. Of because course, because later on... Like, I wasn't thinking about it at well, the time. Well, that's how the heart she, comes she into play. Science table, oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. heart comes into play beautifully yeah, exactly. later with that. And when I saw that, I was like, yeah, that, that's that's paid off very, very nicely. But Christ, it still smells. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Everything no, on here just, fucking stinks. Find the head. If you can still ants in this. If you are bringing a dingo skull, <laughs> I mean, actual dingo's head to the science table, you need to see a taxidermy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See that? That flesh, that's going to rot. She's going to fucking stick the classroom. We have one room in this fucking school, and if we can't fucking stand in here because of the smell, what are we going to do? Yes. Now, uh, look, look. Sally, keep your kegs on. Like, good old Sid looked like he was having a fucking heart attack. (laughs) The first time. Yes. She dropped... She still had her underpants on, I believe. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. other than that, she dropped everything else. She dropped everything. And I'm thinking... So she nooted up eventually in that first bit, didn't she? Well, I don't know. She, okay, well, fuck. <laughs> poor old girl. Sid's just... <laughs> <laughs> Sid doesn't have to go to the $2 pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, I understand you're in a survival situation, Sal, but Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Look, your clothes are going to dry. Yeah, we <laughs> need to be careful on this out. one. They're still impressionable young kids. <laughs> yes, correct. Yeah, not your, not your finest call there. You, you pointed out the kidnappers disappear. 
Yeah. Um, and it's good thing. Yeah. To an extent. I would like to have seen just a snippet somewhere in that 30 minutes, maybe in the middle of that 30 minutes, where we just get a little sense of where that they're arguing amongst each other. They found out that the kids are gone. I actually thought they were going to move the boulder for a bit. Yes. I thought when they were away looking at the pool, they were going to sneak in a, oh, we moved the boulder and the kids are fucking shit. What are we going to do? Yeah, that's right. I think that would have just heightened a little bit of the tension there. But I can sort of, now that I look at it, feel like... Well, we went away from them, and it kind of works later because they come yeah. back with a vengeance, yeah. and then we're stuck with them for the rest of it. Yes. It probably maybe just, like you said, just one little moment to remind us that they're still there, still a threat. And they're still a threat, yeah. So they, 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 they roll the boulder inside the way. They realise the kids are gone. They're like, fuck. And then maybe even put one of them inside the cave heading down after them. Yeah, or something like that. You could have perhaps thrown that in there. Yep. I mean, it wasn't necessary, it but I think it could have worked. Narell, we just need to stay put and drag these <laughs> dickheads in here. And yet you decide to go for a stroll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And put Probably everyone the in the poop. Yes. Come on. I. Th- yeah, I feel like they showed, they tried to show a little bit of, oh, she's, she's kind of losing the plot a little bit. She's scared. Yeah. To explain that, but it still came off as, what are you doing yeah. <laughs> this particular I mean, there's point. a lovely shot, though, where she she's hurt her foot and she do- drops down into the ground. She crawls into a little crevasse and then one of the kidnappers drops in front of the camera. Yes. Directly in front of it. Yeah, that was I thought really that was good, a really actually. cool shot. And it sort of, once again, it kind of heightens that sort of tension you... She's right there, and he's right in front of her. And they're looking for her, you know. They're they're calling out for her, trying to use her as leverage, basically. If they can get hold of her, yep, they can force the hand. Correct. I love the idea of that, but you don't need to go anywhere. You've got these guys by the balls. They've got to come to you. Yeah, yeah, I get what. And you, it's a trap. What you mean there? Yes. You know, and if you're any sort of crim with enough sense when you realise that the only way in is to go into that cave you're not going in there you're going we're leaving yeah you know, I guess lost. that comes back to that's probably where they go into the the real deal yeah because listening to the you know the podcast about the bloke that did it twice he was fucking a little bit gung-ho about things was he yeah Right. I mean, there was points where he was driving away from the accident. Uh, he was driving away from the school with the car and caused a fucking accident, and then had to fucking kidnap the driver as well and all Jeez, this sort of shit. Like, so there was elements of the second one that they could have probably snuck in yeah. in there. And but yeah, I, I looked at that and I thought if I hadn't really listened to that, I, I would have questioned it more. But having heard a little bit about the real guys that did it, yeah. it kind of fit. Yeah, but also I feel like it. If, if, you, if you don't... You're taking she, your artistic she, license. But if she doesn't do something stupid, yeah. you don't build that idea that they're both chasing her. Yes, yeah. And that Sally's trying to get to her to stop, to get her back in there so she yep. can't be used as a pawn to fuck them over. Yeah. If the bad guys catch up with her. Yep. Which is, you know, which is a good manoeuvre. Like, it's a good, interesting way to kind of keep everything going. The last thing for me is, you're scaring the teacher with this fucking Santa mask. Come yeah, on. not a good idea. No, no. I mean, she could be packing heat. I mean, by we still off. have one of those bloody sharpened sticks that we might just throw through the window. But also, you know, I'm still traumatized. I mean, I know I'm a cold. Yeah, yeah. 
emotionless person now. Well, anyone that was there would have been traumatised. You know, like hang on to the fucking mask. Come you? on, idiot. It's <laughs> 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 yeah. back in the class now. <laughs> Fuck. What are you doing outside? <laughs> yeah. Who told you to... <laughs> yeah, she suddenly loses her shit yeah. in front of the coppers and starts going, you fucking idiot again. <laughs> then she turns to him, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean it. But that's it for me. I didn't have too much else. No, I was quite uh, surprised. I wasn't expecting it to be as much towards the kind of exploitation sort of route that it was. Yeah. I mean, once I saw Everett DeRoche was riding it, I should have expected <laughs> <No>. it. <but laughs> expected it was as exploitation as they come. Yeah. But you know what? I think it was very, very impressive. Yeah, In fact, good. you know what? It could do It could do with a remake. Well, they had one, didn't they? Did they? There's a movie called The Fortunate, but all I could find was a poster. Couldn't the find fortunate. any more information was about it. Was it an Australian... Right I don't know. Or? I couldn't find anything about it. But you look at the poster and it's got the Santa mask and I saw one note that it was, I think it was on IMDb where they said they remade remade as The Fortunate. But, uh, yeah, there's nothing but the poster. Ah. Which was, yeah, it was strange. I couldn't find anything else on the net about it. <laughs> wow. So maybe so, it, got, it got canned straight off the bat. Yeah. I don't know what it, uh, I don't know where it ended up, but... Uh, it didn't, it didn't even say a, didn't even say a year. It just had the poster and that's it. Huh. It looks like it perhaps was an international picture or something. I don't know, but yeah, it's definitely. So there's an entry on IMDb with fucking zero information. Oh yes, yes, yeah, okay. Yep. All right. Well, that was Fortress. You can find us on Podomatic, iTunes, and Spotify. Send us an email at thrillme at ionet.net.au. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia, at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com, and on Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Keep an eye on the Facebook page for details of the next movie. Big thank you f- to Ray for bringing this one up. Uh, he brought it up a while back, <laughs> and I kept forgetting about it, so I'm glad we actually got to it. It was really, really worth it. But until next time, take it easy, everybody, and we'll catch you later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.